impersonated, and he uh, impersonated an airline pilot and a doctor, and, and, and actually they made a movie on him to catch me if you can, and I think Leonardo DiCaprio played him, and any, anyway, but, but the reason I had that up there was, what was the title of that, that, that to what, what is it? To tell the truth. We've been talking about covenant. And uh, said many things about covenant, the covenants of the Bible. And, but you know, any covenant you get into God with is a, is a covenant of truth. It's a covenant of truth. And uh, the number one requirement a person must possess for them to walk in covenant with God is they must walk in truth. They must tell the truth. If you want to walk in covenant with God, you have to walk in truth. You have to tell the truth. If you don't, you break covenant with Him. The Bible says God is not a man that He should lie. That's in the Old Testament. Book of Numbers says that. The book of Titus in the New Testament says God cannot lie. The book of Amos says, How can two walk together unless they are agreed? You can't walk with God in fellowship and be a liar. In John 14, 6, in John 14, 6, and that'll be on the screen. Jesus, our Lord, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, now watch this, no one, this proves what I'm saying here. Jesus said of himself, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, you, can't, you cannot enter into covenant with God apart from the truth. Jesus is the truth. You come to Him. But you see, you must come to the truth to get into covenant with God. And then you must continue to walk in the truth to stay in covenant with Him. Otherwise, you break, you break covenant with Him. You break fellowship with Him if you don't walk in truth. You know, the Bible has much to say about the importance of telling the truth and many warnings about telling lies. Proverbs 12, verse 19, Proverbs 12, verse 19 says, The truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Many times you'll see people on television or wherever and you know they're lying. You know they are. You just know they are. And it looks like they're getting away with it. But never forget what the Bible says. The truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is only for a moment. In verse 22 here of Proverbs 12, the Bible says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. Now let's just stop right there. The Bible says 
that homosexuality is an abomination to the Lord. Does it not? It does. But it also says that lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. Now, if you mention homosexuality, as sinful as that is, everybody will go, ooh, that's... And, and, and they should. But you talk about lying, you don't get that horrible response like you would against homosexuality. But the Bible, the same Bible that says homosexuality is an abomination to the Lord, says lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. But those who deal truthfully are His delight. Now, if you go to Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16, we're going to read a couple of verses here, and you'll notice that lying is mentioned in this list not once but twice. Notice Proverbs 6, 16. These six things the Lord hates. Notice, hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. And then it goes on to say a proud look. A lying tongue. There it is, a lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. Of course, there you have abortion, my goodness. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift in running to evil. And notice verse 19, a false witness who speaks lies. And one who sows discord among brethren. Notice in that list, seven things and two of those seven have to do with lying that the Lord hates and says are an abomination to him. If you went to the Ten Commandments, and most of us are familiar with those, the Ninth Commandment has to do with lying. You shall not bear false witness. So the Bible has much to say about lying and how bad it is and telling the truth and how good it is to tell the truth, to tell the truth. Now, in Proverbs 11, verse 1, in Proverbs 11, verse 1, the Bible says dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord. There's that word abomination again. He does not like lying. He does not like it. Dishonest scales, dishonesty. You see, the reason that it's an abomination is he is truth. And, and anything that, that, that wavers away or moves even the slightest bit away from the truth is, 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 is you just can't walk with God and tell lies. You just can't do it. Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord. He is truth. To, to tell a lie, you step, you, you step out of fellowship with Him. See, because He is truth. Dishonest scales, listen to this. Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is His delight. A just weight is His delight. Listen to this. Coming home from work, a woman stopped at the corner deli to buy a chicken for supper. The butcher reached into a barrel, grabbed the last chicken he had, flung it on the scales behind the counter and told the woman its weight. She thought for a moment, 
I really need a bit more chicken than that, she said. Do you have any larger ones? Without a word, the butcher put the chicken back into the barrel, groped around as though finding another, pulled the same chicken out, and placed it on the scales. This chicken weighs one pound more, he announced. The woman pondered her options and then said, Okay, I'll take them both. As his nose started to grow. You know, it pays to tell the Tell the truth. In the movie, A Few Good Men, have you ever heard of that? Now, I watch these things after they're edited. I need to tell you that. I don't watch them when they've got the R rating on it. I wait until they edit out the bad words and the, all the sexual miscontent or whatever is in a bad movie. Sometimes they don't edit them and I don't get to watch them. You know, a lot of those R-rated movies, if they just took all that profanity and junk out of them, they'd be, they'd be great movies. You don't need all that in there. But I don't watch them. My wife and I, we don't watch them unless, you know, they're edited and for, they take all the bad content out. But I watched A Few Good Men after it was edited. And uh, if you've never seen that, you know, you ought to get an edited version of it. I think it's a pretty good movie. But Tom Cruise, right near the end, when he has Jack Nicholson on the stand there, you know, Tom Cruise is the prosecuting uh, attorney, or, or the defending attorney. He's the defendant, defending these guys, that these soldiers. He's the defendant, and Jack Nicholson's playing the, the colonel that, that had these guys do something they shouldn't have done. And Anyway, but at, at the end, Tom Cruise, he, he, he says to Jack Nicholson, he says... As Jack Nicholson's on the stand and he's being examined by Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise says, I want the truth. And Jack Nicholson says, you can't handle the truth. But I have this to say to that, yes, we can. Yes, we can handle the truth. Because John 8.32, our Lord said this in John 8.32, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall what? Make you free. I don't know about you, but I can handle the truth. Just tell me the truth. I've said this for years. I've got more respect for somebody that'll just come right up and look me in the face and tell me how they feel. Just tell me how you feel. Just just tell me. Just tell me the truth. Just tell me. Just tell it to me. I'd much rather have that than somebody talking behind my back. It's like when I like order, you know, like satellite television, or it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, let's talk about a cell phone, you know. And you go in, and they're going to sell you a plan. You know, you might go into Sprint, they're going to sell you a better plan than AT and T, or you go into AT and T, and they're going to sell you a better plan than Sprint, or whatever, whatever it is, whether it's Directv, Dish, uh, or whatever your TV deal is, or whatever your phone deal is. You know, I've gone into these places and they're going to give me a better deal than the one up the street. And they do give you a better deal, but in about six months, guess what? That bill starts creeping up just like the other place. And I tell them when I go in, or, you know, or, or, you, or you buy the plan and then all of a sudden you find out this didn't mean that and that didn't mean this and the fine print and all that. I just don't like that. God doesn't like that either. You know what? I go in there, just tell me the truth. 
Just tell me how much it's going to cost. I don't want any surprises. Just tell me the what? Tell me the Tell me the truth. Don't hide nothing from me. Just tell me the truth. I can handle the truth. And we'll know the truth, and the truth will make us free. And that's true, not just of knowing the Bible, certainly. That's the first and foremost, knowing the Bible. It is truth. But just in any area of our, any area of our life, just knowing the truth. I recall in the movie Superman 2, I don't know if you remember Gene Hackman, and he played Lex Luthor, you know, the, the enemy of, of Superman, and Christopher Reeve, he played Superman, you know. And, uh, and in the second movie, there were three criminals that were on Krypton. That's the planet that Superman was from before it blew up and all. But there were three criminals, you know, that were, were captured in some sort of a prison, you know. And there was a, when, when Superman in the first movie took that bomb out in the space and it blew up, it set these three criminals that were in this, this kind of some sort of like time warp prison, it set them free. And they came to Earth with the same powers that Superman had. The only thing is, is these three other people, they were criminals, where Superman was, was well, he's Superman. And so I recall that, that there was a part in that movie right near the end because, of course, you know, Lex Luthor, he had gotten in with these criminals, you know. And uh, as it went along, these criminals double-crossed Lex Luthor. And I remember what Lex Luthor Gene Hackman told Superman, Christopher Reeve, right near the end, he said, Soup Baby. He called him, you know, Soup Baby, Superman. Soup. He, he said, these other people from Krypton are liars. He said, at least I always knew where I stood with you, Superman. You always told me the truth. I like people that tell the truth because you know where you stand with them. I'm thinking of one lady right now over the years. I've known, known her since I was five years old. And, uh, I mean, say what you want about her, but one thing's for sure. She'll come right up to you and just tell you just what she feels, whether sometimes I don't like it and all of that, but she'll just flat tell you just the way the cow eats the cabbage. You know, now, now, now I may not, you know, let me just put it this way. I can deal with somebody like that. You know, I, 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 I like standing back there at the door for uh, up at the high school and back there at the door for years and years and years. And, you know, you'll have visitors come and they'll come through and, oh, I, I, I like that, you know, I like that message. Or, or even church people over the years, you know, oh, I love, oh, that was good, Pastor, that was good. And then you find out they went out to lunch afterward, you know, and talked bad about you or a visitor, you know, oh, I love it, I'll see you next week. And you never see them see him back next week and uh, you know I just have more respect for people if they'd come up to me and say you know that message stunk it was the worst one I've ever heard it just it was terrible you know I can live with that I can live with that just tell it just tell it like it is I'm thinking about one fellow right now um, who, who I knew since I was a little kid when we when we started the church and got the church going here he came up to me and he said I'm going to tell you something right now you will never see me in that church. I am not coming there. And you know what? I've got more respect for him because you know what? He told me the truth. And I've had so many people over the years, oh, we'll see you on Sunday. We'll see you on Sunday. And you don't ever see him.
You know, like with Lex Luthor, honesty is something people are looking for. Even Pilate, when Jesus stood before him, asked Jesus and he said, what is truth? You know, a lady was soaking up the sun's rays on a Florida beach when she observed a little boy in his swimming trunks carrying a towel, questioning numerous people along the shoreline. So here comes a little boy, and he's got his swimming trunks and carrying a towel, and he's questioning numerous people along the shoreline as this lady lay there on her towel and watched this little boy. Eventually, the little boy came up to her and asked, Do you believe in God? She was surprised by the question, but replied, why, yes, I do. Then he asked her, do you go to church every Sunday? Again, her answer was yes. Then he asked, do you read your Bible and pray every day? Again, she said yes. By now, her curiosity was very much aroused. At last, the little boy sighed and said with obvious relief, Will you hold my quarter while I go swimming? He was looking for an honest person that he could trust to hold his quarter. People are looking for honest folks to hold their quarter. And if you think about that, he went through that whole beach and could only find one honest person. You know, in, in 2 Kings, Joash, the 8th king of Judah, ordered temple repairs. And the Bible says the priest took a chest and bored a hole in its lid, then placed it at the entrance of the temple. So it was a collection box. The priests who guarded the entrance put into the chest all money that was brought to the temple. They did not require an accounting from those to whom they gave the money to pay the workers, the Bible says, because they acted with complete honesty. Have you ever walked by the ringers of the bells on Christmas, you know, out in front of Walmart and put in money and wonder, I hope that gets where it's supposed to go? And in most cases, it, it probably does. But you know, there's even been dishonesty reported among some of the largest benevolence organizations. Even Jesus had problems with it on his personal staff. There was a man that was his treasurer named, uh, oh. And even Peter had some problems with this three times when he telling the truth is something even Christians have trouble with and in no way do I want you to think that I'm standing up here holier than thou telling you I've never missed it in this area I believe we've all missed it at one time or another I, I can't say for sure about you I don't know about you but Going back into my childhood. Well, thank God that's all been washed away by the blood of Jesus. And I do my very best to always tell the truth. I believe that I do. 
But I, I said that because I don't want you to think I'm standing up here saying I've never missed it in this. Has anybody besides me ever missed it in this area? But it's something that we need to really look at. Because if we want to walk in covenant with God, we have to tell the truth. I'm not implying that anybody in here doesn't tell the truth. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. I, it has nothing to do with what I know about you. It has to do with what I know about the covenant. And if we want to walk in covenant, we have to what? Tell the truth and walk in truth, you see. I'm just trying to say I, I've, I've sinned. I've missed it. I don't want you to think that, that I'm something that I'm not. What is hypocrisy all about? It's all about lying, isn't it? Saying one thing and doing another. Now, you all don't think I'm a terrible liar, do you? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not perfect. But I do, my, I do the best I can, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to tell the truth. But even, you know, we understand Judas had trouble in this area, but even Peter had trouble in it. And not only that, you say, yeah, but Peter, when he denied Christ three times, you know, he, uh, uh, that, he's under pressure and, and, and all of that, and it was, a, it was a tough moment when, certainly that's true. But you, did you know later on, there was a situation where Peter got into a, a, a situation there with the, with the Jews, the, the, some of the Jewish believers, and and, and I, I think it was James sent some disciples over to check on Peter as, as it goes. You can read it in the Bible. And, and uh, when Peter knew they were coming, he withdrew and he wouldn't eat with certain people because they were Gentiles, if I'm remembering the story correctly. And the Apostle Paul, when he saw that, he with, the Bible says he withstood Peter to the face. Now, now, we know that, that Paul was not a goody two-shoes, was he? I mean, he was Saul of Tarsus, so he, had, he called himself the chief of sinners. But he got saved, and he stopped telling lies. I was a cheater at Old Maid. <laughs> I'm confessing. I was a cheater at Old Maid. I'd cheat you at board games. I'd cheat you. I'd do anything I could to win. You know, I'd play by the rules as long as I could, and if I saw I was going to lose, I'd cheat because I'd wanted to win. But I got saved, glory to God. I said I got saved. And, and Peter got saved. Paul got saved. But Peter, even, but you know, even after we get saved, we still have our flesh to deal with. We still have this tongue to deal with, don't we? We still have this tongue to deal with. And Peter was acting as a hypocrite. And Paul withstood him to the face. Remember what I said a moment ago. I like it when people come and tell me to my face. Paul withstood Peter to his face. Because he was lying. He was being a hypocrite. Not acting. The Bible says that Peter was not acting in line with the truth of the gospel. You can read it in, in the Bible. Paul writes to the... What am I saying? Christians have trouble in this area. Paul writes to the Ephesian church and he, he, he exhorts them. He says, he says this, speak the truth in love. 
Uh, have you ever seen a lady, you know, that maybe had a, or, or a fella that had a, I don't want to pick on the ladies, but, you know, uh, I went into a certain church one time, and uh, there's a lot of ladies had a lot of hats on. And this one hat was the most bizarre hat that I've ever seen in my life. And, and you know, and, and I went up and, 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 you know, well, what do you think of my hat? So we all struggle in this area. That's the weirdest looking hat I've ever seen in my life, lady. So we all struggle. But he said to speak the truth in love. So I needed to tell her it was a weird looking hat in love, right? I, I don't remember what I told her. I, I, I probably needed to repent after. I, I don't know what I did. I, I probably, knowing me, I probably would have just said, well, that's an interesting looking hat, you know, and, and that's the truth. But, the, but he had to tell these people, in, this, listen, this church in Ephesus, Ephesus he, had to, he had to speak the truth in love. You know, I will say this, you can take the truth and beat the tar out of people with it. So we want the truth, but we need to also mix it with what? With love. And then he had to tell them, he went on and he said, put away lying. Let each one speak truth to his neighbor. And then it's interesting, in the book of Ecclesiastes, the fifth chapter, you can look it up sometime. We won't put, that, put it on the screen. You can look it up sometime. Ecclesiastes, the fifth chapter, the New Living Translation, there's a verse there. says, better to say nothing than to make a promise and not keep it. Better to say nothing than to make a promise and not keep it. I wish I had a list of, over all the years, all the people over... The years where they've come to Diane and I and they, well, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And they last, you know, maybe three weeks, six weeks, a month, and they're done. They're done. That's just lying, dear friends. God's not going to bless that. Better to what? Better to not say anything than to make a promise and what? Not keep it. The King James says, better not, better not to vow than to vow and not pay. Four college students arrived late to take the final exam in their ethics class at a Christian university. They conspired to lie to the professor saying they had a flat tire. When entering the classroom, the professor asked, their excuse for being late. We had a flat tire, they all said in unison. Without getting upset, the professor asked the four students to take their seats. The wise professor said to them, the final exam for the four of you in this ethics course will be just one question. Each of you write down on a piece of paper which tire went flat. You see, when the truth is what you tell, you only have to remember one version of the story. I remember a guest, uh, not a guest, but a traveling minister. He was never a guest here, but a, a, a traveling minister. I uh, talked to him many, many years ago. And uh, uh, he, he never preached here. I, I knew him before we ever started this church. I, and I don't even know him. I met him. He was... 
a guest minister at this other church where I was at. And I got to talk to him a little bit. And he said, uh, uh, I was talking to him about the traveling ministry and things that he's learned and whatnot. And we got over on the subject of, of, of honesty and whatnot. And, and, uh, and, and he said uh, one of the most interesting things that happened to him was uh, he had preached this revival for this pastor. And he had been there for like five nights and great things happening and, and all of that and They'd receive an offering for him, you know, and, and then Sunday morning he finished his, his, uh, his last service, you know. And uh, for the week they gave him uh, an a, a offering of uh, $100. And uh, as he's walking to his car, the last, last day he's walking out to his car, this lady comes up to him and says, says Brother so-and-so, Brother so-and-so, did you get it, did you get it? And he said, he said, dear sister, what? Did I get what? She said, did you get the $1,000 I put in for you today? <laughs> this other minister, I heard him tell the story. He said that he uh, he's a traveling minister, and uh, he went into this certain church, and there was a couple in the church that had several children, and they would always invite the guest minister over to their house for lunch after the service. And so for years, they'd always, whenever there was a guest minister, it was just tradition, the pastor would tell him, you have to go over to sister so-and-so's house, because she has this wonderful stew that she makes, and... Uh, and, and the guest ministers always go over on Sunday after service to her house, you know, to have the, to have the stew. And so, for years that went on with the different guest ministers that came through. And then this minister telling the story, he came to guest minister in this church. And certainly after the service was over, he went over to the, to the house. And he's sitting there, and the, man, and the man's sitting there, the husband and the several children and the guest minister sitting there and the lady brings out her stew and serves it to the guest minister and, and uh, he takes, a, takes a, a bite of the stew and, uh, and, 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 and as he takes the bite of the stew, as the woman would always ask, how do you like my stew? And as she asked that question, the children and the husband were just waiting for his answer. And so, like me with the lady with the hat, some you know, I told you about a moment ago, he takes a bite of the stew and the lady asks him, what do you think of my stew, Reverend? And he, what do you think of my stew, Reverend? What do you think of my stew, Reverend? And the kids and the husband are watching this. Ma'am, that's the worst stew I've ever had in all my life. And no more than he said that, the husband and the children said, This is a man of God. This is a man of God. This is a man of God. Because you see, he told the truth. <laughs> I think it would be interesting. Did you ever see that movie that Jim Carrey was in after it was edited, Liar, Liar? I think it would be interesting if we had that go off on our tongue where you just you had you couldn't help but tell the truth you know we should never forget where lying originated john 844 
says, you are of your father the devil, Jesus said, speaking to the religious people there, the self-righteous religious scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees. And, you are of your father the devil, John 8, 44, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand, watch this, does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. That's where lying originated. It originated with the devil. He's the father of lies. And actually, you go back to the Garden of Eden and you'll see the devil lied to Eve, didn't he? And you really study into that. He actually told her a half-truth. But remember, a half-truth is equal to a whole lie, isn't it? And it caused the fall of the human race. He deceived Eve. Let's don't ever forget where, where deception and dishonesty originated. It originated with the devil. And whenever a person, whether a sinner or a Christian, tells a lie, they're associating themselves with the devil himself. Someone said, I only tell white lies. Well, a lie, whatever the color, is still a lie. Another video clip. Hello there, we've been waiting for you. It's time to play Truth or Consequences. remembers that what was the title of it truth or you know there's consequences for not telling the truth there's consequences for cheating there's consequences for stealing show me a liar and I'll show you a thief show me a thief and I'll show you a liar because they're hand in glove together you can't separate the two. And there's consequences for not telling the truth. There's consequences. It's either going to be the truth that we tell or there's going to be consequences. Sometimes those consequences are now in this time. In other cases, may not be till we have to deal with God afterward. After, after we pass. But nobody gets away with lying. Truth or consequences. You know, Ananias and Sapphira, husband and wife, in the early church, and they were selling, back there then, they were selling property, the people of the church, and their houses, and different things, and bringing the money, and laying it at the, at the apostles' feet, and, and God didn't tell them to do that, the apostles didn't tell them to do it, it was people were doing that of their own free will, and when Ananias and Sapphira, they were a married couple, and, and, and they had a possession of land, I think it was, and they sold it, 
and they were under no pressure to bring any of the money into the church at all. They could have kept it all. I mean, they should have been a tither and a giver, but there was no pressure to bring any of it in. Or they could have come in and said, we're, we're giving half of it. But, but they came in to make a big show where we're giving it all, just like everybody else. But they privately, between the two, conspired, uh, 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 this husband and wife conspired to hold some of it back. But they were going to make a show that they were giving it all, but they didn't do it. It was, it was a lie. It was deceit. And when Ananias, the husband, came in, the Holy Spirit had Peter question him about it. And he said, Ananias, and, and as he questioned him about it, Ananias lied to Peter under the anointing of the Spirit. And he said, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And he fell dead right there in the church service. Three hours later, his wife came in, was asked basically the same question. She lied. She fell dead too. It's truth or consequences in Revelation 21 verse 8 these verses will sober us all up Revelation 21 verse 8 but the cowardly unbelieving abominable murderers sexually immoral sorcerers idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone Revelation 22, verse 14. Revelation 22, verse 14. Blessed are those who do His commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city, but outside, outside the city, outside the heavenly city, listen to this, are dogs. What does that mean? That means those who do not have a covenant with God. Sorcerers, sexually immoral, murderers, idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. That's sobering, isn't it, dear friends? You know, earlier I mentioned Superman. Remember when I talked about Superman a little bit ago? You know, he fought for something. He fought, that, he fought a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. You know, not much truth is found here in America anymore. Just like in ancient Judah, listen to this, Jeremiah 5 verse 1, Jeremiah 5 verse 1 in the New Living Translation says, God said to Jeremiah, run up and down every street in Jerusalem, says the Lord, look high and low, search throughout the city, if you can find even one just and honest person, I will not destroy the city. And you know what, not one honest person could, have been, could be found. You know, many pulpits in America are not teaching the Word of God anymore. Did you know that? The Word of God is truth. And though a minister may stand behind a pulpit and not tell a lie as we would think of it, like 2 plus 2 equals 3, I mean, you know, may not, they may not do that. They may not be stealing money out of the offering. They may not be doing those sorts of things. But you know, just refusing to present the Bible, just refu listen to me, just refusing to present the Bible, you're not telling the truth, are you? Think about that. Think about that. 
See, we think of lying as, and, and, and rightly so, you know, you know, you know, falsehood, you know, like, like today is, well, you know, today is Tuesday. Well, that would be a lie because we know it's Sunday. They're not doing that. But ref, just the simple refusal of refusing to stand before a congregation and preaching the Bible is a lie, isn't it? There's much suppression of the truth in America, as seen in much of the news media. One of the greatest dangers to our nation. And I have to be honest here, it's true on the conservative media side and the liberal media side. Both sides, I've listened to both of them. There's falsehoods on both sides. And, and the thing that I could say is that both sides, because I've listened to the conservative and I've listened to the uh, liberal, and I'm certainly on the conservative side of things, certainly. But did you know that the news media, both sides are feeding their audience what their audience wants them to hear? And it's dangerous because in that, you move away from the truth, and you know what would be very helpful in getting our nation back on track is if all the news media would stop this conservative, stop this liberal, just stop it all, and just tell the truth. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice if there was no conservative, there was no liberal, none of it? Just tell the what? Just tell the truth. It... it, it it would, it actually, it would clean up the political arena, just that. Romans 1.18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. You know, it's, it's one thing for a person to tell a lie but then it's just as bad for somebody to know that that person is telling a lie and you cover for it. You know, there were false witnesses at Jesus' trial. Did you know that? During his ministry, actually during the ministry of our Lord, some of his greatest critics said, Teacher, we know how honest you are. You teach the way of God truthfully. And even Pilate couldn't find any fault in Jesus. But it's interesting, when, they were, when he was on trial right before he went to the cross, Matthew 26, 59, Matthew 26, 59, now the chief priests, the elders, and all the council sought false, te- look at that, sought false testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none, even though many false witnesses came forward. See, they came forward, they could get nothing to stick. They found none. But at last, two false witnesses came and said, this fellow said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and build it three days. And then they took that and they, they moved on with their, their, their trial. But you see, even false witnesses came up. See, they knew the truth about Jesus, but they suppressed it and came forward and told lies on him. And it's interesting, after Jesus was raised from the dead, Matthew 28, verse 11 
you know, when he came out of the tomb and those guards were knocked to the ground, the angel came down, rolled the stone away, took up a seat on the stone, you know, and Jesus came walking out of the tomb. The Bible says they all fell backward. They fell down under the power of God. The soldiers now, after they saw Jesus walk out of that tomb. How many of you know they should have become evangelists? Should they not? But rather, look at Matthew 28, verse 11. Now, while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. And when they dissembled with the elders and, and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, Tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we'll appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. They knew the truth. They knew the truth, but they suppressed it. That's very sad, isn't it? You know, I've noted two game shows today to tell the truth and truth or consequences, but there was another game show that played back in the, in the 70s and into the 80s, and it's still going, I think, today, and it was called Family. It's called Family Feud. Have you ever heard of that? And uh, so we have 100 people surveyed. The top five answers are on the board. Hopefully this works. Name an occupation associated with dishonesty. Name an occupation associated with dishonesty. First answer, let's see, news media. Is it up there? News media. Ding, there it is. Uh, how about lawyers? Lawyers. Ding, there it is. How about televangelists? Televangelists. Ding, there they go. Ha. How about car salesmen? Car salesmen, boom, there it is. And how about politicians? Oh, there they are, boom. Now, that's not a real survey. That's just for my illustrations here because I think news media would be at the top in this hour. I think politicians, I think politicians might go number two. Lawyers probably number three. I, I don't know. Car salesman, maybe televangelist should have been. I don't know, but that was just an illustration, so that's not an accurate survey. I wasn't lying to you because I told you right now. See, but but the point is, isn't it isn't it sad that any of those are up there? And it, it, you see, the news media, like I said, if that if that that shouldn't be up there, that's one of the biggest problems in our nation. And televangelists shouldn't be up there. But you know, you know, you know, there's a place up there for it. Not all, not, not all, see, not all news media are, are liars, are they? Not all lawyers are liars. Not all televangelists, not all carcer, not all, not, not all, but, but there's, there's far too many of them. Can you say amen? You know, speaking of politicians, I found an article on Abraham Lincoln by Kathy Crockett. Listen to this. Abraham Lincoln had many nicknames during his lifetime. The rail splitter, the great emancipator, but perhaps none of these is as widely recognized and referenced today as the nickname Honest Abe. The roots of this nickname start in his early working life. As a young man, Abraham Lincoln worked as a general store clerk. One evening, he was counting the money in the drawers after closing and found that he was a few cents over what should have been in the drawer. When he realized that he had accidentally shortchanged a customer earlier that day, Lincoln walked a long distance to return the money to the customer. 
On another occasion, Lincoln discovered that he had given a woman too little tea for her money. He put what he owed her in a package and personally delivered it to the woman who never realized that she was not given the proper amount of tea until Lincoln showed up at her doorstep. Lincoln's integrity and insistence on honesty became even more apparent in his law practice. In his book, An Honest Calling, The Law Practice of Abraham Lincoln, Mark Steiner notes, I remember one case in which he was for the defendant. Lincoln was for the defendant. Lincoln, satisfied of his, Lincoln was satisfied of his client's innocence. It depended mainly on one witness. That witness told on the stand under oath what Abe Lincoln knew to be a lie. And no one else knew. When he arose to plead the case, Lincoln said, Gentlemen, I depended on this witness to clear my client. He has lied. I ask that no attention be paid to his testimony. Let his words be stricken out. If my case fails, I do not wish to win in this way. Lincoln carried his regard for the truth through all his years at the White House. He himself was forthright and deeply sincere. It seems as if some of his colleagues wondered if he could ever tell a lie. During the Civil War, President Lincoln stated, I ain't been caught lying yet, and I don't mean to be. For Lincoln, the truth was not worth sacrificing for any gain, no matter how large that gain may have been. Lincoln didn't need to lie to save the Union, to unite the people and free slaves and lead a nation. Perhaps that is why he remains a hero to so many around the world and an inspiration to leaders well into the future. From his work as a clerk to his duties as president, Lincoln's honesty was unwavering, showing that telling the truth is an essential lesson for all, no matter who you are or what you do. I can say Lincoln was honest in little and according to the words of the Lord Jesus, he was also honest in much. As I close, God is truth and God is light. There's no darkness in him. The Bible tells us to walk in the light as he is in the light, that we may have fellowship with him, and that we may walk in covenant with him, that we may not walk in darkness and stumble. A step out of truth is a step out of light and into darkness. As it pertains to the United States, if preachers in pulpits, including this one, Christians in pews, the news media, the court system all the way up to the Supreme Court, if the intelligence agencies... If the House of Representatives, if the Senate Chamber, if the Cabinet of the President, and even if the occupier of the Oval Office itself, whomever that may be, if all of these that I've mentioned do not walk in truth, the United States steps into darkness and will eventually and surely stumble and fall. 
The Bible says in Psalms 89 verse 14 that righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. Mercy and truth go before His face. You know the United States was founded on the Word of God. Much of our constitution is patterned Constitution is patterned on the Bible, patterned on the Bible, which is truth. If we leave the truth and lie, the foundation of this nation will weaken and crack, and the storms will blow, and the winds of evil will beat upon it, and it will fall. But if we'll repent and speak and practice the truth, the storms will come, and the winds of evil will blow, but the United States will stand firm. For that which is built on the truth and that which stands on the truth will not fail. Little Johnny, who was in the fourth grade, came home with his report card. He had one A, one B, one C, one D, and three F's. His grandma, looking over his report card, asked, What do the F stand for, Johnny? He thought for a moment and then answered, They stand for fine, Grandma. Fine. As his nose again began to grow. Well, you and I both know that an F on a report card does not stand for fine. And it is not fine to lie. Stand with me if you would. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, please. Heavenly Father, I preach this message that you gave me to preach. I did the best I could with it. I trust that it ministered to the hearts of these wonderful people here today. And that we would all realize that how do I want to say that? That messages like this going out to 